Hi, everybody. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to episode number 219 of our Bible studies together. Today, we open the Gospel of Matthew. Now, many people have asked over the years, uh, why is Matthew the first gospel in the New Testament? It certainly wasn't the first written. Um, most people believe, uh, and I agree, that Mark was probably the first gospel written, and uh, Levi, who we'll meet again in this uh, in this gospel, uh, probably had access to the gospel of Mark. Well. A good guess is that Matthew does better than the other synoptic gospels. Uh, synoptic, you could view that word as meaning uh, to be viewed together. Uh, but Matthew does better than the other gospels at picking up where our Old Testament leaves off. Uh, if you weren't with me when we discussed Malachi before, which is the last uh, book of the Old Testament, Malachi leaves off with a promise. And that promise is that God will send a Messiah to fix the problems of Israel and to bring peace and joy to the people. Uh, Matthew does better than all the other Gospels at explaining how Christ fulfills that promise by God. Uh, Matthew lists, uh, if memory serves, I believe around 57 prophecies that Christ fulfills. Uh, Mark comes in second place at explaining how Christ fulfills the prophecies of the Messiah. And he um, lists something like 30 prophecies. So Mark does a really good job at addressing uh, the issue of how Christ fulfills those prophecies, thus making it a good bridge chapter between the Old Testament and the New Testament. So that could be one of the reasons why they they uh, moved Matthew up to the front. Now, Luke, which we've already covered uh, very well, uh, does a good job at uh, being a good history. Uh, Luke, of course, was a historian addressing the concerns of Theophilus, who we never do understand who he is. Uh, John is a great, great, my favorite gospel, and we'll probably get to that next. John is a good thinking man's gospel. And, uh, well, well, we'll talk about John a little bit later. Uh, chapter 1 in Matthew uh, does begin with, uh, with a genealogy. And uh, we'll address just a few topics of that genealogy before we get into it. But yes, I will fulfill my promise and read the genealogy for you. It doesn't take long. Just a minute or two. Uh, but I've, I've promised to read every word of the gospel for you, so you don't have to worry about that. 
and I'll do it chapter by chapter, verse by verse. So you might ask, and we addressed this a little bit before, why would Matthew begin his gospel with a genealogy? Well, many of the promises uh, made by God to Israel dealt with genealogies. But the important thing was that Matthew had to show that Christ was a legal descendant from the line of David to show that he is or was the prophesied Messiah and King of Israel. Now, what, what Matthew does is trace Christ's legal descent to show that he is the king of Israel. Now, Luke traced um, Christ's lineal descent of Christ as the son of David. Now, Matthew follows the royal line of Christ from David through David's son Solomon. Now, Luke followed the bloodline of David through another of David's sons called Nathan. Now, one way to think about this, and a lot of people over the years have hemmed and hawed about the differences between the two genealogies. Between you and me, I'll, I'll tell you the differences are really quite simple. And and for those that are little nitpickers, they, they need to realize that the way to heaven is through faith and faith alone in Christ Jesus. So they just need to stop their hemming and hawing. But what we can do quite simply is look at the two genealogies this way. Uh, Luke recorded Christ's genealogy through Mary. And Matthew recorded Christ's genealogy through Joseph. Okay? There's a reason for these two differences. Uh, the physical descent of Christ through David is established by Mary's lineage. And the royal line of Christ is passed through his legal stepfather, Joseph. And that's all there is to it. Now, if we look at the two genealogies, for those that are nitpickers closely, we'll see that there's a lot of names missing from them. And that's actually a normal thing. And that practice goes all the way back to Genesis. Okay? But I just wanted to point those things out to you. Uh, what Luke does is he moves his genealogy backward from Christ all the way to Adam. And Matthew moves his genealogy of Christ forward from Adam all the way forward to Joseph. Okay? If you look at them together, they actually make a heck of a lot of sense. Okay? But 
That's enough of that. Let's go ahead and dig into Matthew chapter 1. Now, I apologize in advance for my voice. Uh, you may hear that it's going bad again. I, I just keep praying that, that Jehovah Rapha heals it for me. But uh, anyway, let's go. Uh, verse 1. This is a record of the ancestors of Jesus the Messiah, a descendant of David and of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah was the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron was the father of Ram. Ram is a name that I've always found interesting because I used to like the trucks Dodge Ram. And Ram is the name of a male sheep. But that's a trend. Anyway, I'll shut up. It's something that I bring up. I've never heard of somebody being named Ram. And uh, anyway, verse 4. Ram was the father of I always mispronounce this one. I always mispronounce a lot of these. But Ram was the father of... <laughs> this is insecurities. Aminadab. There we go. Ram was the father of Aminadab. Aminadab was the father of Nashan. Nashan was the father of Salmon. Salmon was the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. That's a great story, by the way, Boaz and Rahab. Uh, we've gone over it, but we'll go over it again. Boaz was the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Ruth is another interesting story and great book in the Bible. Obed was the father of Jesse. Jesse was the father of King David. David was the father of Solomon, whose mother was Bathsheba, the widow of Uriah, which is another great story. Uh, David had uh, Bathsheba's husband, Uriah sent to battle to die so he could marry Bathsheba because he saw her bathing. And remember, David is is, the, is uh, glorified. And anyway, I'll shut up. But it's just a great story. But David's son ended up dying. But anyway, verse 7. Solomon was the father of Rehoboam. Rehoboam was the father of Abijah. Abijah was the father of Asa. Asa was the father of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was the father of Jehoram. Jehoram was the father of Uzziah. Uzziah was the father of Jotham. Jotham was the father of Ahaz. Ahaz was the father of Hezekiah. Hezekiah was the father of Manasseh. Manasseh was the father of Amon. Amon was the father of Josiah. Josiah was the father of Jehoiakim and his brothers, born at the time of exile to Babylon. After the Babylonian exile, Jehoiakim was the father of Shealtiel. Shealtiel was the father of Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel was the father of Abud. Abud was the father of Eliakim. Eliakim was the father of Azor. Azor was the father of Zadok. Zadok was the father of Akim. Akim was the father of Eliad. Eliad was the father of Eleazar. Eleazar was the father of Mathan. Mathan was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. Mary gave birth to Jesus, who is called the Messiah. 
All those listed above include 14 generations from Abraham to David, 14 from David to the Babylonian exile, and 14 from the Babylonian exile to the Messiah. Okay, so again, uh, Luke's gospel recorded the genealogy of Mary, or of Christ through Mary, which was Christ's natural uh, lineage, uh, because um, Joseph, of course, wasn't the actual father of Christ. Uh, The father was the Holy Spirit. Uh, And uh, Mary, of course, was the mother. So his natural descent was uh, recorded in Luke's gospel. And uh, Matthew's gospel here, of course, Uh, records his legal uh, descent in the eyes of the nation of Israel uh, through his stepfather, uh, Joseph, which uh, is, of course, also viewed as a royal record. Okay, now that we're done with the genealogy, we can get back to the good works of Christ. Please pardon my voice. Now, this... uh, Next little section here, uh, no translation does a perfect job with it. So uh, we'll flick back between a few different translations to help show uh, a couple of things that uh, that are important. Uh, like I said, uh, this version, we're, we're using the NLT just because it's a decent translation to use to open up Scripture to beginners. And then when we go through Scriptures again, We'll choose another translation. But let's start here in verse 18. What uh, Levi, who uh, Christ calls Matthew, uh, is describing here is the birth of Christ. Verse 18. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. Okay, now there's a few things that we need to point out here. Uh, This translation says that Mary and Joseph were engaged. That is absolutely wrong. Um, the way, uh, the nation of Israel worked, uh, 2000 years ago is, um, before someone was engaged, their families would, um, I don't want to get into it too much, but there was a point, uh, where people were pledged to each other would be one way to say it but they weren't quite engaged where their families would, would make a pledge with each other. Another word that could be used is uh, betrothal. Uh, another word to use would be espoused. Okay, so they weren't engaged yet. Um, and another thing here is the way that this translation states that uh, Joseph wanted to um, 
break apart the engagement. Well, when people were betrothed to each other, um, it was a legally binding uh, contract, uh, even before they had a physical union. And the only way a betrothal uh, could be, what's the right word? Well, broken, I guess. Uh, disassociated. I was trying to think of another adjective there. At that time, in that culture, in that legal system, uh, especially if a pregnancy were to occur uh, with someone other than he who was betrothed to them, was death. And that time in the nation of Israel, stoning was used uh, for the death sentence. The reason stoning was used was literally because uh, stones were laying around everywhere. Uh, but let's read a couple of different translations uh, to show you the subtleties and the differences. Because what's happening here is a couple of important things. Uh, let me come over to this computer over here and let's start. Well, let's do King James because a lot of people still seem to like that one. But let's just read a few verses in King James, starting with verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, a King James, when they say came together, is, means to have sex. She was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. Okay, now let's keep that in mind. By the way, the use of the phrase a just man, um... Uh, the translation we're using this time actually does a better job was to say that we're here in the NLT. It says he was a righteous man. And that's a better way to say that he was a man of God. He didn't want to disgrace her publicly. And let's go to, I bought a new translation the other day. Well, the other day was like a year or two ago now. But it's the 2020 NASB, which is the New American Standard Bible, and it does a, a decent job. Uh, let's let's read it now, just a few verses to, to show you what's going on here. Verse 18 in the NASB 2020 edition. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, that's a great way to phrase it. Before they came together, she was found to be pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, since he was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. Okay, so the few things we need to point out here is that Mary at this time was not engaged to Joseph but they were betrothed to one another. And before they were engaged, before they were married, she became pregnant. Okay, And this pregnancy was not by Joseph. 
It was by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, we went, we, we went over this in Luke before. Uh, I believe those translations were a little bit different because of the original Hebrew where it said the Holy Spirit came over her. Okay? But the important thing is that here, uh, Mary and Joseph were betrothed. Joseph is shown to be a righteous man when he learned that she was pregnant. He did not want to Another translation would show that he was a just man, a righteous man, a just man. He did not want to disgrace her publicly. So the the word I was trying to remember was dissolve. He wanted to dissolve the betrothal. But the only legal way to do that was through stoning, and he didn't want to do that, really. So, so what happens next? Because Joseph... Uh, a righteous man, a just man, uh, finds out that his betrothed woman is pregnant, which at that time meant a heck of a lot more than it does today because today uh, our society lacks the moral foundation that we at one time had due to Satan literally just pulverizing the morals of our society. Well, let's see what, what Joseph does here. What happens? Verse 20. As he, back to the NLT, <clears throat> as he, Joseph, considered this, considered everything that was going on with Mary being pregnant and not wanting to be, uh, disgrace her. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. And you know how I love the appearance of angels. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people. From their sins. Okay, this is great stuff. Every time an angel appears, I just love it. Um, but what's going on here is uh, Levi or Matthew is underscoring the supernatural essence or character uh, of this event, of, of the birth of Christ. And he does so uh, in his gospel. Uh, five times. Uh, we'll see more coming up in, in chapter two. Uh, and uh, it, it, it's, 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 it's just fascinating how, how the narratives uh, differ between Mark and Luke and, and Matthew. But here we have an angel appearing to Joseph in a dream and how I have prayed for such a thing myself. But, of course, I wasn't <laughs> ever involved in a supernatural event like that. But let's continue. Verse 22. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son. 
and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And that, of course, is Isaiah. Oh, what a great, what a great prophet. Uh, let's read a few of those. Uh, let's start with Isaiah 7 and 14. And let's actually go back just a little bit. Let's go back to 13. Then Isaiah said, listen well, you royal family of David. Isn't it enough to exhaust human patience? Must you exhaust the patience of my God as well? All right, then, the Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. By the time the child is old enough to choose what is right and reject what is wrong, he will be eating yogurt and honey. For before the child is that old, the lands of the two kings you fear so much will be deserted. Then the Lord will bring things on you, your nation, and your family, unlike anything since Israel broke away from Judah. He will bring the king of Assyria upon you. Boy, I'd love to keep reading, but let's let's switch to chapter 8. Chapter 8 and um, 7. Therefore, the Lord will overwhelm them with a mighty flood from the Euphrates River. The king of Assyria and all his glory. This flood will overflow its channels and sweep into Judah until it is chin deep. It will spread its wings, submerging your land from one end to the other. O Emmanuel, huddle together your nations and be terrified. Listen, all you distant lands, Prepare for battle, but you will be crushed. Yes, prepare for battle, but you will be crushed. Call your councils of war, but they will be worthless. Develop your strategies, but they will not succeed. For God is with us. Ho, <laughs> ho, Isaiah is always good stuff. Okay, that's enough. I just wanted to show that the angel was referencing a prophet. And that prophet was the great Isaiah. Verse 24. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son 
was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. One thing I love is how Levi states that Joseph did not have sexual relations with Mary until her son was born. Because it was not Joseph's son. It was the son of God through the Holy Spirit. Born in the womb of Mary. The son of God. Okay, that brings us to the end of Matthew chapter 1. Since my voice is failing... Please allow me to leave you with a blessing that God gave to the nation of Israel. In Numbers 6, 24, 26. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and grant you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Until next time, God bless.